Welcome back. Now, there's been an almost 30% increase in hate crimes recorded in the last year, a statistic that has been brought home to all of us in the publicity around some particularly shocking incidents in recent days, particularly that incident involving a teenager in Navan earlier this week. A rally against hate has been taking place in Navan this afternoon. Our colleague in the newsroom, Fergal O'Brien, is there and he's been speaking to one local man, Podrick Lawler. Today is just, it was kind of a last minute, uh, people wanted to uh, do something to show solidarity for what happened in Avon last week um, and basically just to, just to get the message out there that uh, we're not going to accept hate, hate crime in this in this town, um, that we're a very tolerant town in general. This is a demonstration against all hate crime, regardless, so xenophobia, homophobia, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a demonstration against uh, hate crime in general. A local there in Navan speaking about today's rally against hate that's been taking place in the town. I'm joined now by Podrick Rice, who is Policy and Research Officer with LGBT Ireland. Um, Podrick, there's been a lot of hard data, hard evidence that we've seen from the Guardi in terms of just this increase in general in hate crimes. But for your community that you represent, have you seen anecdotal evidence from the calls coming into your helpline that shows that this is a real problem now for members of your community? Yeah, good, good afternoon, Anya. I think, yeah, we, we saw data from the Gardaí this year that there were 582 hate crimes reported to the Gardaí. And as you say, that's a 30% increase on 2021. And we know that many more went unreported and undiscussed. And examples of the kind of hate crimes include things like verbal abuse, harassment, damaging property, um, arson, assaults, uh, all the way up to murder. And we do know from the community and from things we've heard that the people have been attacked, even gay bars, attacked on the bus and even attacked in their homes and we've also seen in recent years pride flags being burnt in Waterford we've seen bricks go through the windows of gay bars we've seen homophobic graffiti and um, so it's really important to understand that hate crimes are signal crimes they, they send out a signal to an entire community that you're unsafe simply because of who you are and I think as a result hate crimes hurt us all and must be taken really seriously. And that signal crime, as you say, is the ripple effect. There is the victim, but then it is the wider impact. And when you look around at, uh, you know, maybe a young gay man or boy, you know, having to report an incident like this, um, there's members of the trans community experiencing similar hardships. Who do you worry about most? Is it the young person who's thinking about coming out to their friends and family? Um, You know, people who are at a difficult point in their young life, but this ripple effect now may have them pause. Yeah, I think I think this affects our entire community. It affects, say, gay men, lesbians, trans people, and, and it has an effect on, on young people and also on older people as well. But I would, in particular, worry about people who are who this might prevent them from coming out. And, and I would argue that that not to be the case that that coming out and being true to yourself is one of the most liberating things you can do. So I really hope that that these discussions we have, which are important, wouldn't prevent somebody from from taking that step forward in their lives. And, and I, I think that that. That we have to be conscious of that as well, but I think it's also worth digging into why we're seeing this and what are the causes of this, because there are things at play here, and I think we need a robust response to this this rise in hate crime. We need to dig into the causes of it and the solutions. And to that end, what do you think is the cause? Like, it's not so long ago we were celebrating marriage equality, the referendum here in this country. It feels like it was quite naive of us to think that this new generation would have different experiences, a new level of acceptance. So what is it that the root cause in terms of this rise in hate against members of the LGBT community? Yeah, I think there are probably three kind of causes we can point to. I think one is a legacy issue. I think there's a legacy of homophobia. 
for the first 70 years of the state's existence, it, it was a crime to be gay and LGBT people were condemned from the pulpit, ridiculed on television and arrested by Gary And homosexuality was only decriminalised in 1993 and that still has an impact on attitudes, behaviours and mindsets. And as you say, many people think that the marriage referendum solved all the issues faced by the community. But unfortunately, this isn't the case. You know, we know the referendum was important, but one moment like that doesn't undo decades of damage. And the reality is, while we've won the right to walk down the aisle, many of us still look over our shoulders as we walk down the street. I think we really need to dismantle the architecture of homophobia that's so deep-rooted. And then the second uh, cause, I think, is social media. And we've seen a, a real rise in online hate. A study by Belong To showed that 87% of LGBT young people had seen or experienced anti-LGBT hate or harassment on social media in the last year. And we know that social media is largely unregulated and it's having a massive corrosive effect on our society and our politics. And I think social media platforms must take action against this online hate, but they can't be left to regulate themselves because, as we've seen this week, their, their broken business model profits off hate. And I think we need to have a national conversation about that. And the third cause I point to we're seeing organised campaigns to roll back on the progress we've made by people with extreme political views. In recent weeks, we've seen worrying campaigns to have LGBT books and resources removed from public libraries in Cork, in Louth, in Dublin. I think this is a really big problem. LGBT is being categorised as other, suits of bullying, harassment and violence. And, and also it's worth noting that, that this anti-LGBT sentiment isn't happening in isolation. It's tied to the anti-migrant sentiment, the anti-different sentiment, and it's attack on diversity. And, and on that point, we, we've seen some Garda sources and representative groups this week just say, look, we need more training here. Like, what you're hearing from victims um, of hate crime, like, how do they feel generally their reports to Angarda Shia Connor are being dealt with? Yeah, I suppose we get mixed reports and I think I think the Gardaí do need more training and, and they've said that to us and I think that needs to be part of the solutions. Um, I think in, in the first instance we need to see the speedy passage of the hate crime bill and I think the Gardaí want that as well and that needs to happen as soon as possible and okay. I think before the summer. But we also need, um, as you say, a kind of a wider response beyond the bill and with a range of measures and training for everybody involved in the criminal justice system on the operation of the hate crime bill, on the communities affected and, and how to support victims. But we also need more community guarantee to build up trust with affected communities. We need improved monitoring, reporting, data collection, victim support. Okay. Th- there's a lot of actions that need to be taken and, and uh, to I know, address hate crimes. And I know you've a lot of thoughts on what should be in that action plan. And just for anyone listening to us today, there is a family support line that you offer and the number there is 1800 929 539. That was Podrick Rice, Policy and Research Manager with LGBT Ireland. Many thanks for that. Martin Conway, on that last point there, there uh, on the Gardaí, we heard Antoinette Cunningham of the Association of Garda Sergeants and Inspectors yesterday talk about how this is an area where a lot of Gardaí don't feel they're adequately trained to cope with it. Like, How big of a problem do you think that is? And is there enough urgency about getting the Gardaí equipped and upskilled? Well, I, um, I heard Antoinette uh, yesterday on your on Morning Ireland and, uh, you know, I think she made some very fair points. Um, I think it's important that this uh, hate crime legislation passes through the Senate. It passed through the Dáil uh, uh, last April and it had uh, cross-party political support, more or less anyway, I believe. Uh, I hope the same happens in the Senate. Uh, we get the piece of legislation over the line. Um, 
you know, there's there's serious issues out there, um, uh, and I think they were reflected very much this week uh, uh, when we saw uh, that we were aware of that appalling uh, incident that happened in Avon, and we have responsibilities, and it's a whole of society responsibility uh, uh, to call it out, to stand up to it, to ensure uh, that the legislative process uh, is strong but, enough but, to, but to help and support m- the guards. Martin, comment like there is no hate crime on the statute books, and. Um, right now, Gardaí are having to make interpretations around hate motivations. Mm. They haven't used the so-called mm. McPherson test. Um, so all of this area, though, isn't new. Like, why is it taking so long to put it into legislation and give safe grounding for Gardaí to operate? Well, um, we need legislation needs to be got right. Uh, there's no point in rushed legislation. We need proper, effective legislation. And this legislation resulted from enormous uh, uh, public consultation with uh, uh, a whole raft of NGO groups and uh, migrant groups and so on and I think that the legislation itself uh, it, it will be very strong uh, hopefully it will pass through the Shannon without any delay and uh, hopefully it will be signed into law and then uh, the real job of work is to ensure that it's effective and you know um, I, I do really believe that we need to spend a lot of resources on educating young people uh, in a primary, uh, early primary and secondary level uh, because, you know, we want to prevent it as opposed to having to deal with it and there has to be a huge amount uh, of work done uh, in terms of uh, getting there before uh, these type of crimes are committed at all. You've had your own experience Martin of being intimidated and and chased, like we don't know what it was rooted in, we have to keep that separate and distinct to hate crimes but you must have sympathy for victims out there where you just feel unsafe. Can you tell, remind us a little uh, bit about yeah, your own experience? But I, was, I, I, I was chased by somebody videoing me uh, going from Grafton Street or around Grafton Street to Leinster House. Um, uh, it, was, uh, it, it was quite a, a worrying experience because people will know I do have an eyesight problem so crossing a road at speed is, is probably not the safest thing in the world to do but I don't think there's any politician uh, in Leinster House that hasn't experienced uh, um, uh, uh, vile on, on social social media and that's why uh, I agree that we need to deal with the social media companies and the only way to deal with them is hit their pockets and um, I'm glad that we now have a regulator in place uh, that's going to deal with that issue. Okay, Roisin Shortall to bring you in this legislation will help with prosecution and punishment but do you think it's going to solve for prevention? Like you look at experts abroad and they will say hate laws you know they might make you feel good but do they actually do good? Sure I mean it's the implementation and it's what society, how society responds to a growth in hate, hate crime. And Porter Christ was in at the Eroctus there a few months ago, just spelling out exactly the, the increase in hate crime, crime delated, uh, d- directed at LG, the LGBT community. Look, the legislation is one thing. We know the Gardaí are looking for training and very clear direction from senior Gardaí. Um, but the other thing is the societal questions that are raised. I was very struck last Monday looking at, or it was Tuesday when, when the videos came out of that appalling attack in Navan. Like it would be bad enough for one teenager to be attacking another teenager like that. What really worried me was the extent to which the whole group 
turned on this one individual. Yeah, and we and should like say mm-hmm. Gardaí is still investigating and we don't know root causes uh, of sure, that incident sure, in but Navin, uh, There yes. are big issues there for obviously the parents of the children who responded like that and for the school. But it has to act as a wake up call for society in terms of the tolerance of bullying and the othering of anybody who's different. And that is a huge issue that we need to take on as a society. Lynn Boylan, just to bring you in briefly on that, would you be worried about rising levels of anger? Is that something you're seeing on a totally and are you satisfied this legislation can do good? I I certainly think that the social media platforms have huge questions to answer around how they amplify hate speech um, online and sort of normalising that very violent rhetoric and Martin is right I've had death threats uh, on on social media but I was struck by by things that Podrick said about legacy and it was this week in the Shannon we had a motion from the Sinn Féin uh, Fintan Warfield Senator um, around uh, expunging or you know disregarding the criminality uh, the criminal records of uh, homosexuals and that's really really important because legacy is a big part of it as well around sending in a message of acceptance but what I would just say on the hate speech legislation is I'm urging the government to work with the opposition and to take amendments that the Council of Civil Liberties have also called for to to get it right we all want the legislation but we want it to be fit for purpose. Okay that's all we have time for today. Sean Morrum was our broadcast coordinator. Research was by Andrew Fleming, Dave Gibson was on sand and the programme was produced by Regina Henley. Stay tuned for Sarah Desport with Des Cahill, Joanne Cantwell and Marie Crow. Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1.